Hello and welcome to the Sunday Afternoon Podcast with Greg Reese. I am your host, Greg Reese, on this beautiful, sunny Sunday morning in Florida, USA. Tis the season. That's the title. Tis the season. And I had to look up how to spell it, and you need an apostrophe because it actually is, I'm not sure what the uh, proper word is, conjunction? It's lyric, so it's it is, it is the season, and um, it says tis is known as a proclitic, proclitic, proclitic. Never heard of that before. This is a word that is closely connected in pronunciation with the following word and does not have an independent accent or phonological status. All that is to say, tis was probably so popular because it was easy to say. It really does just roll off the tongue, especially if you need to express yourself in a hurry in the lyrics of a catchy tune. Tis. Tis. I guess if you're British, maybe that's true. But now you know, tis the season. Last week... <clears throat> last week, uh, I feel like I was banging my head up against the wall when I, when I recorded last week's podcast. But um, this week, I, I feel great. Um, tis the season. Tis the season to, to, um, to do the work. To not be lazy. So every, you know, I keep adding things to my list to, uh, to move forward. You can't, like, I think we've talked about this before, that we're in a weird time right now where stagnation just does not work anymore. Like, I know about leisure. I know about laziness. You can call it by different names. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I work hard so I can play hard, but a lot of my quote-unquote play is more like leisure, <laughs> you know? I enjoy it. Um, I don't know if I actually, to be honest, I don't know if I enjoy it because I do enjoy, I find more happiness actually in keeping busy and being productive. So I can't say that I enjoy it. So the proper word actually might be, is it sloth? <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, it's good to keep moving and it's good to keep busy. And uh, so what I added to my uh, routine and uh, this week is morning meditation, and in a way that I've never done it before because I've, I've been a bit of a night owl. I guess I'm getting old, and I guess that's typical. When you get to a certain age, then it's easier to get to bed early and get up early. There's definitely a value. I've always known there's a value in getting up early. If you can beat the sun, your day is better as a rule. I knew that as a heavy partier. I remember I, when I was in a band once, uh, the other guitar player in the band, my friend, he called them the guilty birds. If you were up partying to the point where the birds started chirping and you're still awake, he referred to that experience as the guilty birds, which I, I'll never forget because that's a very good description. And uh, <clears throat> that's no way to start a day. The way to start a day is a good, I don't want to sound like a fuddy-duddy. It's just, it's just the way it is. If you're, from my experience, at least, if you want a good day, you uh, get a good night's sleep and you wake up before the sun and add to that meditation. Words are dumb. A lot of people are put off by the word meditation. It's prayer. That's all it is. You know, a perfect example is the saying the rosary. One would describe that as a prayer. I would, I would imagine, right? But it's also a meditation. They have meditations that, where they use a mala, which is a rosary. And uh, it's the same idea. And, the reason, and, and you count as you go, as you say the mantra or the prayer, you count the beads. And what that does is it just, uh, the counting is a way of sort of trusting that you're not going to be doing it forever because it's difficult. It's difficult to focus on one thing and to concentrate on just one thing it's actually, one could argue that it's impossible. 
Um, and so the exercise of doing it just gets you better at doing it. Practice. That's why they call it practice. Cause you're never, it's not like you can ever expect to just, okay, I got that one down. You just get better at it. You get better at quieting the mind. And that's how you quiet it is by uh, laser focus on, <clears throat> on one thing. <clears throat> Most musicians understand this right off the bat. Uh, the musician Prince, one of my favorite Prince songs is there is joy in repetition. And once again, I think musicians understand this right off the bat. You know, when you, when you uh, pray, when you meditate, when you play music, when you do the same thing over and over again and you, and you drive your focus to that one thing, it brings peace for one thing. It brings peace of mind because the, the chaotic random chatter machine is then sort of driven to a halt as you focus on this one thing. And especially if you're focusing on this one thing that, in, that, that brings a feeling of beauty and love and peace and calm, then obviously that adds to it. And, but really I would, it's not my opinion. This is sort of what everyone, I think all the sages and the experts on the subject would agree is that the point of doing that one thing over and over again, whether it's a mantra with a mala or a rosary or a prayer, or if it's just focusing on your breath, that's also focusing on one thing, focusing your visual attention on the process of breathing in real time as you're doing it. The purpose of doing that is because eventually, as you're in that one focused groove, you will then, this is possibly impossible to put into words, but from that point of single-mindedness, you then go to the next level, transcend. I see that's what I'm saying. How, how do you describe it? You, um, it's not, um, it's certainly not going into a trance. <clears throat> I don't support that at all. I, ever since childhood, maybe my whole life, have a habit of going into trances. Uh, they're very subtle, and I, I'm at the point, and I've been at the point for several years where I can sort of catch myself. Um, but it's interesting to note. It's a very interesting thing to note. And, the, and I always knew it. I didn't really know it wasn't common with everyone until a psychologist that I was seeing caught me a couple times in, in conversation where she would be like, you just, you just did it just now. You just spaced out. And, uh, and that was the first time where I was like, Oh, you mean that's not normal? <laughs> so <clears throat> that is not something I, um, I try to avoid that. And I would tell anyone that's not, I don't, in my opinion, that's not something, um, that I, I would prescribe or suggest, I would suggest the opposite. Always stay vigilant. It's, it, it takes a little bit more will and strength to do that, which I think validates the, uh, the premise in the first place. You know, it's a road less traveled. But that's how I was starting my morning at 3.30 in the morning. And I'm bra- I am bragging. Uh, well, I don't know if I'm bragging. To be honest, I don't think I'm bragging. I'm just excited because uh, I remember when I, because when I was a serious, when I was trying really hard, I lived at a ashram and I, where the, they had a rigid practice. You had to get up. They had a 4.30 meditation and they had a 6 a.m. meditation. And I would, um, I would try to get into the 4.31. Actually, you know, I think it was 5. I think it was 5 a.m. and 6.30 or something like that. Anyways, it wasn't 3.30, but it was way early, and I tried. I definitely didn't make it every morning. I didn't even make the later one every morning, uh, but I tried. And it seemed very difficult for me. Even then, when I wasn't partying or drinking, I would just stay up all night doing other things, sober things, you know? I was, I guess, a night owl. It took a while for me to be able to put the head down and start getting some sleep. But anyways, um, there's a huge, I mean, now, I mean, the, the, anyways, it's great. I like it. So I had, uh, I, 
success. Uh, took I took Saturday and Sunday off, but uh, Monday through Friday, I had a good 3.30 up to meditate, uh, 4 a.m., a half hour of lower back stretching yoga, and then an hour of CrossFit, and then on with my day. And I'm going to, I got to turn up the volume still because I still struggle with laziness. There's time in the day that I could be, you know, I got, I need to, I need to organize better organization anyways. Ah, well, that's the personal stuff, I guess. But it made a huge difference uh, for regular listeners, people who, ch- who checked in last week. Um, I can see clearly now, you know, all that. It's about the love. That's all it is. And, I, and I've always known that. It's just that uh, you lose sight of that sometimes, especially in all this. In all It's a dark time. It's a dark time. It's a very dark time. But it really is all about the love. And um, made a new friend recently and uh, who repeated one of my favorite things is God is love. And I, lo- I love that. I love the word love. I love God. God is love. It's pure and simple to me, uh, which is why I will resist any division going on and uh, we're going to talk about that a bit today. I I don't know if it's I have I've had people uh suggest I do a report on the the Fuentes thing and I don't, I don't I don't see the point. I think it's being baited out for us to do that. I think I think the best idea is to ignore it and focus on love and unity. Because that's ultimately the game. I'm going to start I'm I'm I have some notes. This is going to be a ramble. Uh, but it should be a fun ramble because I'm feeling good. Uh, but I'm going to start with love and I'm going to end with love. And, uh, and I'm being serial. Uh, I'm being super serial, being super serious on this. And so, like, I don't know if a lot of people I think, I, I remember for many years thinking a lot of people just don't understand what love is. Like, love is not um, sex. Love, sex is sex. Love is not lust. Lust is lust. You know, love is not, <clears throat> love is love. And uh, I, <clears throat> once again, I don't know if you could really, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> describe exactly or define exactly what that is. Other than that, love is God. God is love. I like that. Um, the experience, the best way to, I can describe it, I guess, is the experience when you humble yourself and surrender to God, God opens up the word, uh, provides miracles for you. I don't know. I mean, that's, and that's a horrible, I don't, that doesn't even describe it. Because even, even when God provides a struggle, there is love. I don't know. So anyways. Uh, but I think we all know what it means in our own life if we have love in our lives or not. If you have, if you have love, if you have true love in your life, it doesn't matter if you're with someone or if it's just with you and God, then you are going to be in the... You're not going to be worried. You're not going to be afraid. That's a better word. Worried or afraid. You're not going to be either one of those things. And what you are going to be, well, that is, uh, you know, an endless, infinite road of possibilities. But the, the, the things that you're not going to be are afraid or worried. All right, so what's been going on? I, um, I'm going to try to back up from it a bit, I guess, but I'm on guard. Uh, as some people probably have noticed, I've been um, 
some of my reports lately have been more focused on trying to warn people away from falling for another trap. Because there's, I have red flags, and it's very possible that I could be. Uh, It's very possible that I could just be so deep into it that and um, and cautious that um, I'm just having a hard time grasping that what looks like is happening is actually happening. But the first thing to take note of is the Tucker turnaround. The Tucker turnaround. Now, Tucker, I think, is, is a beloved character in this story for the same reasons that Elon and Kanye are. Simply because these are celebrities that started parroting the the deeply held thoughts and beliefs and stories that, um, you know, the commoners, groups of the commoners. <clears throat> you know, all three of these characters touching on different groups of the crowd, different groups of the herd. For example... Elon and Kanye have not had much influence over me. But that's not because I I am like above and beyond the weakness of falling for celebrity because Tucker has had some sway over me. Um, Tucker, I don't know what it is about him. I guess it's, you know, I guess I just think he's a likable guy. You know, and that's how it is. I'm sure anyone who defends Kanye or Elon, Elon, that's basically ultimately all they can say as well. Well, they're just a good person, you know. So, you know, for you need a few of them. You need different varieties of these celebrities because, you know, not everyone's going to resonate with everyone. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird with Tucker. Anyway, so let me make my point with Tucker. The Tucker turnaround. It was just like a year and a half ago. A couple of years ago, Tucker Carlson had the typical uh, Ben Shapiro opinion. I'm quoting someone on that. Uh, on um, JFK assassination. It was a lone gunner. It was Oswald acted alone and all these conspiracy theorists are dummies. That's where Tucker was less than two years ago. And now he is saying that the CIA did it. And I believe there is a connection. I believe his father, I believe Tucker's father has a connection with the CIA. America's Untold Stories on YouTube is about to do a story on that. But let's look up Tucker Carlson father. Richard Warner Collison, Carlson, Wikipedia. I don't know. Anyways, we know that he, I mean, he's Fox News. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, I guess we just believe that he's allowed to do whatever he wants because he stays away from certain things, like so long as he doesn't go crazy on the voting. Um, And, you know, I guess I've accepted those excuses in the past. Um, But, and and now looking back at that, like, um, what does that mean? Even like, does that mean that there is what it means? I guess is there's there's like a gentleman's game being played between two sides, almost right? There's like rules, gentlemen's rules, you know. 
you know, so long as you stay in here and, you know, hey, have at it. See what you can do. You know, I mean, I don't know what's going on, folks. I think uh, it's definitely, I think we're looking at a good few years for what it's worth. And you know what? For most of us these days, that's good enough, right? And so I'm not against that. I'm all for that. I'm all for a good few years. But um, I would warn against, I don't know. What do I know? I'm, I, can, I can tell you personally, I am going to uh, constantly be questioning things. That is basically, <clears throat> that's, my, that's part of my religion. And for me, it works. It goes hand in hand with my faith. Let go and let God and all that. There's a recent um, America's Untold Stories on YouTube as their most recent one as of this recording on Sunday, the 18th of December. <clears throat> where they get into this a little bit. And uh, he makes the point that um, that Tucker Carlson could be red-pilling the masses with this because um, it's kind of a big deal. Like, like, like he also said, the, the Ben Shapiro stance. Ben Shapiro is, like it or not, I would say that's sort of the majority right-winger kind of stance. I mean, I think we're getting to learn that it's all about conformity. It's all about what is the is the safest, most acceptable club to join. And you can bet your money that the majority of the people are going to go into that club or try to. And there's going to be different clubs for different folks, just like yeah, different celebrities for different folks, right? But it's all about conformity. So you got these different clubs. People will just kind of go along with all this. So anyways, that seems like it's going to happen, right? It also seems like the Hunter Biden laptop's going to come out. Um, Probably in January, it's going to start unraveling. Uh, Fauci. So, if you're going to do the CIA killed JFK, the current administration is being run by China. And Big Pharma tried to kill everyone. (laughs) Right? Those are three pretty big ones. If you're going to dump those in the mainstream then um then how is that how can that how can that be a controlled thing a contrived awakening like i've been saying so maybe i'm wrong i still see evidence that me i don't i guess maybe the game is still being played the gentleman's game is still being fought wow so maybe they don't even really know I really think this is all Freemasons. <clears throat> I mean, I kind of started there back in 2004, and then I went away from it for many years. Like, ah, I don't know about that. That seems too simplified. But it actually doesn't seem too simplified. It actually explains a lot, especially when you start looking into um, more frequent resets. And that's really what, um, and that's really what the mud floods and the Tartaria stuff. And I've been, um, you know, I've been, I've been through the weeds on that in my free time and loving it. I, I mean, I'm loving it. And I, and I want, I mean, I almost feel bad cause I've been talking. I haven't named names cause I, because I, I love them. I love the video creators. They're, they're making great videos. I'm very, I'm very entertained and I'm, and I'm learning a lot and I'm starting to get it. I start, I'm starting to, sort of visualize what 
Um, what I mean by the weeds is I am not one for, I have an imagination. I, I would, I think I have a very strong imagination. It's always been one of my favorite aspects, tools of my mind. Um, but I use it very specifically. I use it to create things. Um, when I'm trying to get to the truth, I basically try to turn that part of my mind off completely. And I just collect data and, and then, I mean, I guess you try to connect the dots. That's a sort of a natural creative thing. And I definitely allow myself to do that. That seems like proper detective work. <clears throat> but I try to avoid making leaps without evidence. Um, you know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, that sort of thing. But, but here's what I have found. I have found that, like, I've, I've been aware for years of the, of the mysteries of, like, ancient history, like Egypt, like the pyramids. The, the story we're told on the pyramids is a lie. Um, that's, a, that's as obvious to a lot of us right now and has been for years as it is that the moon landings that we are shown on TV are, are bogus. That's a big one. Is Tucker going to come out about that? No. Now you can tell Tucker's not going to come out about that. A lot of people, even conspir- even po- Alex Jones doesn't think the moon landings were faked. <clears throat> um, but the mud flood thing is like, it makes you look at your recent history, like hundreds of years ago. And if you're able to overcome the confirmation bias, <clears throat> if you're able to notice, if you're able to notice all the data, even though a lot of it is contradictory, then you'll be able to start seeing some very anomalous data sets in historical context that is respected and considered legitimate historical record. <clears throat> and it's much like um, other things. It's a, it's a very strange subject because once you start mentioning these anomalous things, most people will simply dismiss it because it's in direct contradiction with what they've been told. And that's just how it is. But uh, what that does, sorry about that weird sound there. I was a little, when I was a kid, I used to try making that sound, I think. Um, but what I'm getting out of it on a spiritual level is that we don't know our own past. We don't know our own history. And one of the main ways that we are divided as a human herd is through these differences. Plain and simple. Uh, You guys are the right ones and everyone else who has it differently are wrong. Go get them. You don't even have to tell people to go get them. They'll just go get them. You know? It's this divisive mentality of um, Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel kind of uh, expresses that. <clears throat> so not only do we not own our, know our own history, that's, that's a, the spiritual takeaway. The more down-to-earth, grounded takeaway from the mud floods is this, is that even though there is a lot of um, speculation and there is, a, I mean, that, that's the thing. We don't know, so that encourages people to start looking at your hand, you know, looking at things right in front of your face with new eyes. And that is another, actually, uh, that is actually the real beneficial spiritual takeaway that a person could get from, um, from the mud flood uh, Tartaria rabbit hole or from almost any rabbit hole for that matter. You know, d- different ones do it for different people, but, but uh, 
seeing the world with new eyes. And what there is evidence of is when you start looking at these old constructions, there's a natural cement. Uh, People call it, the official story is that it's Rosendale cement. And the official story is a bit of a mystery too. The official story was in 2004, they were remodeling one of these old structures and by old structures, I mean the majority of the U.S. Capitol buildings, underwater concrete structures that are waterproof and have held up for who knows how long. Um, castle-like structures that are all poured in this natural cement. Um, what appears to be hundreds if not thousands of, of very formidable, impressive-looking architectural structures made of this natural concrete that's waterproof and that's rock-hard, harder than Portland. So that's how they discovered it. In 2004, in 2004 they were doing, the official story is that they were, they were fixing up one of these old things and they were trying to figure out what, it was, what the cement mix was. And right off the bat, they noticed it was harder and held up. It was just harder than anything that they were used to. They couldn't crack it open. And then they took it to the lab and they did all this work. And they finally traced it down to these abandoned mines in, I I believe, Rosendale, Pennsylvania. If you search Rosendale cement, it'll come right up. They have these old, ancient Rosendale mines. The story says it was made there, although... We don't know how they made it. So a company spent lots of money. I have to do some research and get the right numbers. But um, they spent a lot of money and years in the lab back engineering this natural cement responsible for building most of our state capitals. (laughs) And when they finally figured out how to do it, they started making it in small quantities. But said we we can't really make this in in mass because it's way too expensive the process of doing it and the process involves some type of high electrical arc or something i mean it's so it's like what i mean there's obviously something going on there right so that's a takeaway that's a serious one it's pretty big it's pretty odd if you can look at things through new eyes and then add to that the great the world fairs that where they, multiple cities throughout the uh, country, throughout the world, real really, they had these world fairs in the 1800s where they would build hundreds of buildings, I think, in, hundreds. I don't think it's ever been thousands, but hundreds. I think in, I think in one world fair, it was like a thousand. 900 and some buildings. And some of these buildings are massive, as in bigger than anything that exists today. And in all the photographs, they appear to be the same kind of thing that we see in our Capitol buildings, the same sort of dome, Roman, Greco. They seem to be, on the pictures, they seem to be made of this natural cement. But we're told that they were made of wood and plaster, and it was all sort of like stage prop stuff. And it was uh, all in the contract that they were going to destroy all this stuff after the fair. Very specifically in the in the paperwork and the contracts, the destruction of it, and in most of these cases, if not all, I still have to do some research. Uh, then the there was massive fires that burned down these, destroyed these world fairs afterwards. <laughs> Nothing suspicious there, right? And um, some of these quote unquote temporary wood and plaster buildings are still standing today and appear to be made of this natural cement. Make of that what you will. But you could, a lot of people, what a lot of people are saying is that there are these reset events that happen a lot more often than people had thought in the past. For many, many years, up until very recently, my thinking was the cataclysm was 
in the great year, like on the, on the equinoxes or something or on the solstices. So like every 12,000 years, kind of like the Randall Carlson, uh, Graham Hancock thing they're saying now. <clears throat> and I suspect that the reason that Graham and Randall are, are being pushed out in the mainstream on Netflix saying that is to counteract what a lot of people are starting to figure out, which is that these cataclysm resets happen a lot more often, a lot more frequently. Archaics uh, has a calendar where he puts it at every 138 years. There is a, um, a planetary transit. He doesn't specify that, but basically that sound, that's probably the best description of a phoenix planet or a phoenix event. And at first, while that might sound very wild, he's got the uh, historical calendar and it all checks out. And the, basically, it's not like every 138 years, it's a smash of bash of end of the dinosaur kind of uh, cataclysm. It, it's in varying degrees. It's an event... And in, and in actuality, uh, he sort of has the cycle. I believe it's like every 500 and so, 500 and, I don't know. He's got the cycles, and it's uh, compelling, as they say. Very compelling. And um, I don't know. It seems there, there's got to be some reason why the mainstream are pushing out the 12,000-year cataclysm now. And it's probably uh, to, you know, counteract this, that it happens more often because they're probably, it looks like they're gearing up for one right now. But either way, either way, according to the, like I was just talking about how Archaics has got the calendar out. Um, in his calendar, the big, big biggie is coming up. Like all, and in fact, the end of the cycle is, is in like 60 years or something or a hundred years. And um, 2046 is the next big uh, nemesis event and uh 2040 is also a an event so interesting stuff and um yeah i'm i i've been chatting about that for the past few weeks but i i was mostly complaining about the you know imagination speculation going on there but you know what I noticed? Excuse me for perping like that. You know what I noticed? I noticed that I wasn't opening my heart enough. <laughs> I'm being serious. Like I noticed, um, I'm uh, watching these YouTube videos by these contributors and I'm, um, you know, judging them. And I realize it's because I've, I've hardened my heart over the past few years. I've allowed my heart to harden over these past few years. And I would say that's what the dark side wants. That's definitely what the dark side wants. It wants to harden your hearts. It wants to divide you. It wants to boost your ego. It wants to make you feel swollen with pride and uh, so that you just become part of the problem, part of the army of darkness unwittingly. So avoid that. Open your hearts. So that's what I started doing. I started uh, trying to do that as often as I can. That's been sort of my morning prayer as well. Um. And when you do that, you're able to see things with new eyes. You're able to see things you weren't seeing before. You're able to see beyond someone's flaws and see the beauty within them. You're able to see a person's strengths rather than their weaknesses. You're able to see things, commonalities between you and the person rather than differences, right? Love. Love, my friends. (laughs) All right. I think I got uh, the mud floods out of the way. I wanted to talk about that a little bit today. But speaking of the, what I was saying before about how it looks like January is about to, you know, especially with this Tucker thing. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, look. If, if these things happen, and so far it looks like this is what is being 
presented to us just around Christmas of all times. So not only are they taking a nice break of the pressure and they've taken the pressure off on Christmas, which is really nice of them. (laughs) They've done that. Um, But it's not so that it's not because they love us and they want to be nice. It's because they want to present us with the story. They want to present us in this state of traumatized uh, shock. Give us some comfort time, some warm, fuzzy time. And hey, I'm all for that too. I mean, I I think think we all deserve to be warm and fuzzy, right? Uh, But in in this time, they're going to present us now with, okay, the CIA killed JFK. The Biden family is working for the Chinese. Those, those are, are um, I think, for sure at this point, coming soon. Uh, the Fauci, I don't know. Fauci seems like kind of a, eh, I don't know how that's going to go. Fauci's almost the telltale sign to me. Because <clears throat> they can maintain power and and um have a controlled contrived fake sort of display of justice if you know what i mean they can do that if they have if they if they go if as long as they stay away from the vaccines i think i don't think you can go at the vaccines without turning everything around let's let's talk through it really quick hunter biden laptop this will expose the fact that Biden is, or if this, let me rephrase that, if this does expose that the Biden administration um, is working for the Chinese, what does that mean? That's what the laptop would, would obviously present to the population does that mean that it's going to go to the truth or does that mean everything gets blamed on China and Biden? Because it's not, I don't think it's that simple. And uh, I definitely don't think Biden is the president, right? So now, now if we're taught who is actually behind the Biden administration and what's going on with this very strange, like, man should be on a hospice bed. Like what's going on there? Like we would, in order for this to be actual true justice, we're going to have to know about that, you know? Otherwise it's a show. It could be just a simple, great way to start martial law and war with China. Or something like that. Or whatever they want to do. The CIA killing JFK. It's a very interesting one. Particularly because of the QAnon. QAnon's all about JFK. And um, they can easily sacrifice the CIA that's sort of, I bet you that's the CIA's wet dream. I bet they have a contingency plan for that from day one. Uh, they probably did it already when it was the, uh, what was it? It was the NSA. What was it first? It was something before the CIA. That was probably the first time they did that. They probably scrapped one, rebirthed another. And I'm sure they got, I'm sure they've been uh, working out the fine print on that plan for ever since, you know? So no big deal. So if they kill the CIA, um, how would we know if that's real? I mean, the only, in my opinion, the only way it's a situation of truth and justice where we're scrapping the CIA or something like that, then we're also scrapping the Federal Reserve Bank, the IRS. The Ron Paul story, right? If it gets the Ron Paul seal of approval, and I'm just saying that to be a joke, because who knows, if he don't stamp it, you know, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Fauci, though, 
can you can you expose to the world that big pharma that fauci did what he did can you open that can of worms and keep it under control uh how how could they they i guess you no i don't think you could not only would that take down it would take down all of big pharma it would it would inevitably propel all of modern humanity back into sound natural medicine or maybe i'm maybe i'm being a little too hopeful i don't know But um, either way, it looks like we have a very strong potential for some better years. Now, the big warning is there's definitely clear evidence of a holy war. Definitely. Cliff High, if you don't follow Cliff High on Substack, I recommend it. It's C-L-I-F-H-I-G-H. One F. He was talking about, he was warning after the Fuentes-Kanye thing, he was properly, properly warning of a false flag event. Now, if you are a big fan of Nick Fuentes, it took me a while to remember his name. See, he already disappeared. He, he did it to himself. Um, if you are a big fan of his, I implore you to open your mind not get, not get triggered if I criticize, you know, one of your leaders and, uh, and think about what I'm going to say. Because it's, once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's kind of obvious. All right. So what exactly was happening with the whole conversation of the Jews? It's the oldest trick in the book is what it is. Yes, there is some absolute truth that the Zionists are the experts on the race game. They're the experts on the divide and conquer in tribal racial ways. When it comes to racial division and tribal division of the human herd, the Zionists have the latest, greatest scientific data up to date that we know of. I'm sure there may be some clandestine operations going around around the world, but they have, they've been doing it to their population for decades. So they have a huge data set. They do, and, and Holly, that's what Hollywood, that's what all their sway in the industry does. They don't control the whole world. They control most of the pop culture propaganda media. They share some with the Italian mafia. I believe the Italian mafia has the edge on the music But um, you're allowed to talk about the Jews. You can say anything you want about the Jews, except what you're not allowed to say is that they run anything, they control anything, or that they have any power. That, that you're not allowed to say. And why is that? It's because that is their main currency. Their main currency is that Jews are the most oppressed and hated people in all of history. That is their game. They rely upon that. Without that, their house of cards kind of crumbles. There's offshoots of it. They use black against white. They use white against black. They use black against Jews. They use whites against Jews. They use Muslims and Jews. Uh, they, They take advantage of all of it. They leave no stone unturned because it works because we let it work because we have simple tribal. I mean, well, it's not, I guess it's not simple. It's normal, you know, especially the, the harder and more chaotic times turn, the more in just naturally and instinctively we are drawn into our tribes. And so they use that to hurt us and manipulate us and all that. So yes, it is true that this is, 
Zionist tactic. Does Nick Fuentes realize that he is the biggest Zionist stooge today? I would guess that he doesn't realize that. I would guess that he doesn't have enough life experience and he just got tricked. But he is because in order for the Zionist uh, Jews being the most persecuted people in all of history, in order for that story to work, they need Jews to be persecuted. You know? And Nick is giving him that in spades. He volunteered for it. He signed up. He volunteered to be the new David Duke. Am I, am I saying that Nick and David are bad people just because they have ideas of, you know, ideas? No. They have, um, they, I will say that they have fringe ideas that will never be accepted by the majority unless an authoritative government forces them to. I will say that. That's, I mean, he might as well be a flat earther. <clears throat> um, and people could argue that I'm a flat earther, but I'm not trying to get influence. I'm not running to be a leader. I'm not trying to, to you know, move a party. <laughs> and if I was, I would know better than to be like, you know what? I'm going to be the new David Duke because I see a turn. <laughs> and then anyways, the point Cliff High made is simply now is the perfect ripe opportunity uh, for the powers that be to, um, and he even showed it in his data. Cliff High is one of the pioneers, if not the father of a predictive online um, simulations, predicting future events by reading language of the internet. And in one of his uh, whatevers, um, it showed like a mosque being firebombed, a crowd of people cornering a mosque and like closing off a mosque and everyone inside of it and then setting it on fire, something like that. Um, hey, let's be real. You got, Nick has got, Nick has got some influence, but Kanye has got a massive amount of influence. Not just does Kanye have a massive amount of influence, but he has a massive amount of influence among young, impressionable, dumb minds. And I'm, and I don't mean that in an insulting way. It's just common knowledge, especially these days in modern times at a certain age, you can be guaranteed. You're pretty much probably dumb, especially if you're obsessing over celebrities, which is so many are. That's a lot of power and influence. And now these two people are basically saying all of our problems are the Jews. This is an old thing that we've heard. It's, it's actually quite a step up from David Duke. David Duke just said he wanted basically a, he's into like ethno, he supports Israel because he supports, you know, ethnocentric states. Um, and so... <laughs> And it's like the argument that these stupid, uh, and I don't even think they're right-wingers anymore. I think they're all Freemason political agents, but they're all saying things like, um, you know, like, hey, well, you know, we're sick of being called Nazis, so whatever, we're Nazis, you know? Oh, really? Really? That's brilliant. It's brilliant. Especially since we know that the herd basically believes whatever they're told, period. You don't even have to act like Nazis and they'll believe you. But now you're all just playing along. Good for you guys. That's called... If you can't beat them, join them, and it's totally weak and lame. But I don't even think that's what it is for a lot of these people. For some of it is, and that's totally weak and lame. But for a lot of them, I think they're agents. This, uh, you know, I mean, call me suspicious. So, anyways, uh, that is um, to me is evidence of a holy war brewing, right? Because. You know, I've been wanting to do a report on this, but it's like, I know it's just going to trigger every single person who belong, who subscribes to one of the three Abrahamic religions. Maybe not all of them. I believe that there are Christians, Jews, and Muslims who consider themselves Christians, Jews, and Muslims, but do not like fundamentally prescribe to any doctrine or church. You know, they keep it on a personal level. I think I fall into that category. But there is so much division in these three religions 
You know, it's interesting uh, when a Catholic criticizes the Jews, when the Catholics, uh, right now as we speak, they're the ones funding this entire border crisis. They're the ones funding all this human trafficking that's going on in our country right now. I mean, that's a fact. They're also, as far as the public is aware of, the biggest pedophile factory industry in the world. There might be ones bigger that we don't know about, but that's a fact. They're the biggest, they're the king of the pedophile network. Always have been, always will. And Catholics just uh, harumph that, like they don't care. The uh, Catholic Church even has its own... um, shop where they deal with all the victims. And it, it's, uh, I actually dealt with them before and it, they were highly efficient. Like one of the most efficient on time, like, uh, they are, they are on the ball. So it's like, you can tell there's, there's, it's like a whole industry. <laughs> the Catholics don't care about that. Um, and, you know, the Jews. Jews got their uh, Talmud that describes how it's okay to, like, enslave and rape non-Jews and stuff like that. I don't know about rape, but you can uh, rip off and treat, maybe even rape. Because <clears throat> it says non-Jews are animals or something like that. Pretty harsh stuff. Uh, people that are into the Talmud, they don't care about that. They'll tell you that it, they'll tell you, well, let's just mean something else. There's a symbolic meaning there you don't understand and you're, it's out of context, blah, blah, blah. Muslims too. The Muslims got the Hadith. And in the Hadith, there's several passages that legitimize pedophilia and enslavement and several passages that encourage you to fight and kill people who aren't in your religion, Christians and Jews. Now, Several Muslim scholars will argue, oh, you're just getting that wrong and you're just misreading it. It's out of context and blah, 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 blah. You know, I just see this all as a divisive, divisive, division, divisiveness. Pure and simple. It's all it is. Because as a student of religion, I've studied... um, a little bit of all these religions, and I look for commonalities. I don't look for differences. And to think that, um, to think that the books were given were written by the hand of God. I'm just going to leave it at that. But to think that, with to think that man somehow was not able to, and and yet you think that man's able to, uh, like, subvert television and media and and, and pop culture. That's totally acceptable and understandable. But old books, oh, no, never, 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 never. Impossible. Sorry, I'm going to leave it at that. But that's evident. there's evidence of a holy war. The whole point of all this division is so that you can have wars. That's the whole point of it. So that they can sick tribe against tribe. For whatever reasons, uh, you could discuss that till the sun goes up, comes down, whatever. Whatever the saying goes for that. But, um... You know, that's what, you, that's what we got to really look out for. And uh, I would even say, um, you know, it's like we're going through it, folks. It's going to be, and this is where we're going to end with love. Because it's like, how are they going <clears> to, <throat> it's, it's all going to martial law is what I'm seeing. Like, what happens if we find out that the CIA killed JFK? What happens if we find out that our current administration is being, being run by a foreign government? Um, it's going to be an excuse for, among other things, martial law. Some people might say uh, Trump's going to become president because they're going to find out about the election. I don't think so. I don't think, I think, I think that would be, according to the story, the story that's being presented, because that's what it is. The fact that we have these major players orchestrating it, it doesn't seem like it's just happening. It seems like it's being orchestrated, right? There are, there are 
the main characters are playing roles. I don't know, maybe I'm being a little too cynical. But the way it's being presented, um, it would be martial law would be the solution. The solution would be, look, this is serious. We got to sort this out. The crimes of the Democrat Party are going to immediately, like uh, an election is in no longer in, in a possibility. If these high level things start coming out, there is no, there is no election there needs to be martial law and government reform. And if that's the way things go, then I would argue that's what they wanted from in the first place. And that's what this whole thing's been about, among other things. They, they definitely, it's definitely a banker's reset. It definitely seems to be all about that money. They want to reset their bankers' ledgers and all that stuff. And, and they care so little about people that that's what all this, this is just the most efficient way they figured out of, in their minds, this is probably a very humane, compassionate way of resetting their numbers. In my humble opinion. But that's what I'm seeing. And it's already happening in Brazil. In fact, uh, people are kind of rooting for it. People are kind of hoping that the military in Brazil kind of takes control. <clears throat> if you've just uh, woken up or taken a red pill or whatever you want to call it in the past few years during the COVID area, <clears throat> you might not re- re- recall, but back before COVID, that was the big thing, martial law. That was the whole point of all this. The, the, that was the end game of the uh, fake pandemics was as an excuse to an excuse to have martial law and who knows why i guess the 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 most general honest answer is so that they can accomplish their goals whatever that whatever that is so that they can better accomplish their agenda and i guess we'll find out as we go <laughs> what that is but it also could be like how are they going to allow how are they cuz how are they going to allow the awakening I, I still believe, but let me get one thing straight. As cynical as I am, I'm rooting for the, the awakening, man. It's all about unity and love. Otherwise, we're just on a farm or in an experiment, which we probably are, uh, but I don't know. It seems, I just, you know, you know what? I like a good story. And I like a good ending to a good story. And I think we're in a good story. And if we are on a farm or if we are in an experiment, I still like it here. I'm still enjoying my life. I still can see I'm able to find beauty and things to be grateful for. And, uh, and I'm able to, f- to experience a loving closeness to God, which then reflects back on me. I'm able to do that in this farm experiment, if it is. Maybe it's divine. I'm open to that. Um, but I still, in my opinion still, the, the happy ending is, is people coming together and, and, and that we stop falling for the, the tricks. We stop falling for these traps. We, we realize that, look, we, we're being lied to now, and it seems like almost everything in our history is a lie. And so if we don't know who we are or we don't, these stories are all make-believe, why are we fighting Right. But I wrote finally, does it make more sense that we will see a separation or a concentration? And I think what I meant there is I, I like I said, I'm a big dreamer. And so I dream of a massive awakening where everyone gets it. And then we go into a golden age with this new wisdom and knowledge and humility, hand in hand. <laughs> After, of course, real, you know, true justice, which is necessary. That's part of the process. Obviously, everyone likes to talk about that, though. But it is a, it is an ugly part. It is necessary, but it's it's a, it's it's an ugly thing that we're going to all have to be engrossed in, and, and probably to the point where it traumatizes us a little bit. That's the idea of it. 
And so there's no reason to harp on it. We'll get there. Um, or is it going to be more of a, uh, like a, like a mix? What do I mean by that? We live in a very mysterious place. Uh, the physical realm, earth, I have never met anyone who seems to definitively know exactly what or where we are. And um, the laws of, the so-called laws of physics, I believe, have been proven to be broken time and time again. We, some people call that miracles or anomalies or whatever. Anyways, what I'm getting at is uh, you, you draw into your life what you put out. And if you put out fear, your life is going to become, your life is going to give you more of that. If you put out love and joy, you're going to get that back. This doesn't mean you put your head in your sand. I think a lot of people think that in order to stay vigilant, you have to um, stay traumatized. No. In fact, you have to be highly efficient with yourself. You have to um, do whatever you can do to, um, to help humanity in this struggle right now. In my, you know, in my opinion, if you're on team truth, if you're on team expose the darkness with the light, if you're on team the great awakening in the real sense, which I believe I am, then um, that's, what, that's all you got to do is, is do what you can do. You got to recognize your weaknesses, your shortcomings and your limitations and be real about what you can do and focus on that and, and hammer at that. And yeah, you can always try to be better and stronger and like that. But you also need to take time, I think I would say every single day, 100% every day, 100% um, is to feel love and joy and happiness. Peace, you know? That's different for different folks, you know? Usually, usually people are similar enough where it usually involves, you know, staying fit, eating healthy, you know, being in nature helps a lot. Prayer helps a lot. You know, these connecting to God. God is love. Love is God. And if you connect to that love, to that God every day, give thanks, give praise feel a sense of humility and surrender, uh, then uh, there's no reason to be afraid of anything. In fact, you will live your, the rest of your life without any fear and without any worry, so long as you can keep that connection with God and love. On that note, I love you guys, and I will see you next week.